are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Ghost Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not much. It's uh, it's the bye week. So we uh, we kind of get a chance to <sighs> take a breath. Uh, finally kind of you know, digest things a little bit, not be constantly caught up in the uh, in-season race and, and, and kind of take a step back and, and, and take a look at exactly where this team is, you know, through in through six weeks going into week seven. Yeah, so we uh, we started watching the film uh, from the Cowboys week mm-hmm. six win over the Patriots. Uh, we're I, I'm almost finished with uh, defense. I still have a little bit more work to do on offense. I know you have some more work to do. So we're going to, to do an all-22 show on Wednesday. So make sure you guys are tuning in for that. But today, we're going to answer your Twitter questions. And we've got a, a lot of really good ones, Landon. Um, let's first start with this one from Mark. And I'm, not, I'm never going to pronounce your last name, Mark. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to do it because I don't want to gotcha. end up to be a meme. Yeah. Got it. Uh, all right. Uh, which player are you the most excited to have back on the team after the bye? That's a, such a good question. Um, you know, it's going to be a little bit longer uh, than the rest of these guys, but but Demarcus Lawrence, when he gets mm-hmm. back, is going to be a real shot in the arm for this defense. I think. Uh, yeah. I think you could easily say, you know, Michael Gallup, because I think Gallup is obviously going to be, uh, you know, extremely helpful in kind of re-injecting more deep even further even more deep passing into this game um but i do think that if you're talking about pound for pound who may make the biggest difference uh you know in, in the outcome of, of their unit individually i think demarcus lawrence coming back from his foot injury with what you've already you know managed to kind of cobble together with as a pass rush uh, i think it's really going to be a shot in the arm and and, and take a, a mm-hmm. kind of what seems to be kind of a middling defense, which is uh, fantastic for us at this point, and may even take it up uh, a notch or two, which is uh, which is exciting. Yeah, that's a good answer. Uh, I, for me, it's Sean McEwen. Finally, to get a tight end one. No, it's not McEwen. It's actually Lyle Collins. Um, because when you have Lyle in the game, you can just do so much more on offense, right? Like as well as Terrence Steele is playing, you just don't have to really protect Lyle Collins. And he can be such a dominant blocker in the run game. It just helps you open up your offense. And Landon, that actually leads me to my next question. A lot of people want to know about this Lyle Collins, Terrence Steele situation. Uh, According to Jerry Jones uh, this morning on 105.3 The Fan, he said normally the incumbent does have the position, but that's not a golden rule at all. We also saw Mike McCarthy say, uh, you know, not necessarily say that Collins gets his job back right away. Uh, out now that he's reinstated. So what's your kind of takeaway on this situation between Collins and Steele? I, I mean, I think ultimately at the end of the day, Collins is going to get his job back. I, I think that, you know, the nature of what may have gone down with uh, Collins is such that they don't necessarily want to be publicly seen as like completely giving back Collins his job sure. right away. You know, and that, and, and, and maybe just to kind of give Collins the heads up that, hey, like, you know, 
we we can't we can't keep doing this you know like we need you we need to be able be able to rely on you and if we can't we've there are other people out here that we can rely on so just kind of hanging that over him as in like you know hey this is not guaranteed the next time this happens that you're getting your job back is a good way to kind of just you know further Im- impose mm. onto him that this was a serious situation you put us in a real bind and and we're lucky that we kind of came through on the other side. But I mean, there are no guarantees that you're getting your job back if this happens again. I, this more, seems more like a shot across the bow than than uh, this is an open competition, you know, kind of conversation. Yeah, and I I, I don't know. I, I I have some mixed feelings. I think first and foremost, Mike McCarthy loves Terrence Steele, so we should also just point that out. Like. They stuck with him all last year, despite some pretty poor performances. Mike McCarthy bragged him up all off season long about how yeah. good of a worker he's been and how much he's improved. And then he goes out and he plays pretty well. So I think this is also, I, my, my gut tells me Landon is they're doing this to motivate Collins to have two really good weeks of practice and two really yeah. good weeks of meetings, right? Like, yeah. Hey, if you're not a hundred percent in, and you just think you're just going to get this job back because you're reinstated, that's not the case. We'll rock yeah. with Terrence Steele if we have to. Um, but I, I do agree with you. Collins is going to get this job back sooner rather than later. Yeah, exactly. I think that's it. Exactly. It's, the job is is basically you know nudge, nudge, wink, wink. It's Collins. But you know the idea is that you can't just waltz into this job. You can't just walk mm-hmm. into this job with no problem. Steele has worked his butt off and will continue to work his butt off. Uh, and now he's nipping at your heels. So you, you need to kind of get back and hit the ground running and, and, and play at the level we know you can play because yes. uh, there potentially could be a shorter leash than there had been previously. Now that we know that there's something behind you. Jerry Jones also also mentioned that they're going to need both Terrence Steele and Lyle yeah. Collins at some point this year. And he's right. Like, just the nature of the NFL, especially with the 17 game schedules, you're probably going to need both of those guys at some point. Uh, so keep Steele ready. Maybe they even split snaps during practice this week just to kind of get Collins back into the flow of things. Keep Steele into the lineup. So just something to, to watch. I would this, I would be surprised gonna... if we saw Steele and 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 you know we talked about this too, but but Steele taking some of these tight end reps. You know that that oh, so you're saying McGovern. a seven offensive line look with Connor McGovern as a fullback. I tweeted that out, I think, two to, two weeks ago. That I couldn't, I would be very excited to see something like that. And I, I think this is the team that could do something like that. To be honest, so we'll see. Now that would be fun. That that would be a lot of fun. Uh, all right, let's uh, take a quick break so I can tell you guys about McDonald's. This episode of Lifetime Cowboys podcast is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family from the community can come together. A big thank you to all of our friends at McDonald's for always being there. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. All right, really quickly. Nice. <laughs> McDonald's, your favorite item at McDonald's ever? Oh, ever? I mean, that's, ever. that's hard. Um, you know, when I was in my youth, uh, I, I would definitely house a large, large number of chicken nuggets, uh, McNuggets mm. on, on a dare. Uh, I definitely remember there being 20. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, I definitely remember in high school uh, there being, uh, you know, 
McNugget eating contests that yeah. uh, me and some other guys on the football team would would kind of take part of. Uh, I, I was always yeah. a, a snack wrap. You remember the the snack wraps? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah, those were legit. Yeah, Bring absolutely. Back to snack wraps. Uh, yeah, McDonald's. Uh, all right, uh, let's move on. And get to some more questions. Uh, this next one comes from Colin. Uh, it seems like this one's directed at me. He said, Marcus, you don't Good seem boy. to be bothered by Connor Williams leading the NFL in holding calls. Why is that? Because <laughs> I think holding calls are a little subjective, right? Like it just depends on who wants to throw them and who doesn't, right? Uh, so that's part of it. On top of that, when he's not getting called for holdings, it's really good this year. Like he's just a, a really, really good player. So I, I'm – I can live with one penalty a game. If you're on the other 75 snaps, you're just balling out. So I guess just what it is. I have a hard time watching that last game and being upset with individual players with subjective penalties being called by these referees. Why is that, Landon? Because they are terrible. Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to get fined. Uh, so you, so I can sit here and tell tell you that the uh, the NFL referee situation is an embarrassment to the mm. league. Uh, it literally is an embarrassment. They need to figure out the situation. They have a whole generation of referees. It seems like mm-hmm. whole crews that are completely uh, underqualified to do their job. I literally saw uh, the other day, this is even, it, it, this wasn't even in a Cowboys game. I literally saw the other day. I'm sure you saw it too, where in the bears Packers game, yes. a referee crew spotted the ball two yards outside the hash mark. <laughs> what is going on? This is basic refereeing 101. You don't place the ball outside of the hash mark when you play. That's college. That's high school, man. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to get into all that, but it's it's uh, too late. Uh, I, I have a hard time getting upset with these guys over some of these subjective penalties when refereeing across the league has been – uh, absolutely atrocious. And this is the last thing I'll say. These guys train all year long. Mm-hmm. Uh, these these players play all year long to make themselves the best athletes in the world, and and they do things on the field that are absolutely incredible. It's embarrassing, embarrassing for the league to put out there, you know, this kind of amateur hour refereeing when you have world class uh, athletes out there doing what they do, uh, and then having these games, you know dictated and, and, and subject to this kind of amateur uh, refereeing that's going on. It's, 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 it's truly, truly an embarrassment to the league. It is an embarrassment. Um, I also want to say that <laughs> totally off topic, but it's kind of funny um, for Halloween Landon, I like to go up with as very specific people and like people that nobody would recognize. So th- this is the honest truth. And I'll, I'll take a picture and share it on Twitter. I can't I'm going wait. as Walt Anderson this year, the yes. official. <laughs> I got yes. his jersey. I would wear. I'll, I'll post it on Twitter. So, uh, shout out to our guy Walt, the worst referee in the NFL today. It's unbelievable, uh, and I can't wait to see that picture. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, it's just awful. The officiating. I get so tired of how terrible they are. Just the game is so much better when they're just not involved at all. Like, just yeah. mark the ball or spot the ball. Please do it correctly. And unless something is egregious, just stay out of the way because people aren't paying to, to watch these officials, and yet. For some reason that they think they are. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, exactly. All right. Next one. Uh, this one comes uh, from Taha. He wants to know, should Micah Parsons get more reps at defensive end than he's gotten over the past week, few weeks? He has not graded out particularly well at linebacker uh, since switching back. So what do you think? Where should the Cowboys use Micah Parsons? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think it's a good idea to kind of constantly be uh, flipping him around based on individual performance in one game. I mean, he's allowed to have a bad game as a linebacker, you know, without uh, removing him completely for that equation. I I am still of the opinion that he should be playing the mixture of snaps based on the opponent okay. uh, and, and based on the game plan. Um, so I'm not trying to like hit a target for this stuff. I'm not trying to, uh, you know, Hey, he needs to play X amount of, of uh, snaps as a defensive end and X amount of snaps in linebacker, uh, you know, every week. I think that it should, it should really be dictated by the opponent. I agree. I, I know he's had a couple struggles here and there, but Ultimately, this defense is going to be better long-term with him playing multiple positions. And I don't think he's been bad enough at linebacker that you have to worry about it because it's not been the case at all. Like he's New England's a tough opponent. Like They have a really tough running attack. Belichick and Josh McDaniels Daniels make things hard on linebacker. So I, I'm not worried about it. We're six games into his career. I think he'll be fine. I think a hybrid position has always suited him better than just being a full-time defensive end or full-time linebacker. Um, all right, next one from Evan. He says, please discuss Cedric Wilson versus Michael Gallup. What are the pros and cons of each, and who do you want to see on the field when Gallup comes back? Uh, Michael Gallup. I mean, <laughs> I agree. yeah, it's not really it's not really a comparison. I mean, honestly. I, it, I, I, the Michael... biggest reason is because Gallup can stretch the field in ways that Cedric Wilson can't, right? Yeah. Michael Gallup is a – number one receiver or a very, very high end number two receiver on almost any other offense. Um, and, and Cedric Wilson is about as perfect a wide receiver for you can get, you can get, he can do just about everything. He's a reliable player when he gets on the field. Uh, but if, if we're talking about down in, down out, beating the man in front of you, uh, being a threat on the field, changing the shape of the defense with your presence, uh, Michael Gallup is definitely, you know, the choice there, and I, I don't think that's particularly close, and I, and I don't think that's a that's an insult to Cedric Wilson at all. I mm -hmm. think I, I'll take Cedric Wilson as my wide receiver four over almost anybody in the league. Uh, now, and, and, to, to and Wilson's credit, Gallup one thing he does great. better than Gallup is he does play multiple positions. You know, you can put him in the backfield, you can put him in the slot outside. He's also a punt returner, so the kind of the being able to do four or five different things he does better than Gallup. But if we're talking about we want our three best receivers on the field, it's Michael Gallup because he can he can run down the field and make plays in contested situations. He can run after the catch. He's really good after the catch. He's just a better overall player. Not to take anything away from Wilson, it's just the truth. It just is. CD CD Lamb and, and Cooper are obviously fantastic. Michael Gallup is better than both of those guys at, as a downfield receiver. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, that's and that's just his game, and he's he's one of the best in the league at it, uh, and the stats bear that out as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I I you cannot speak enough about what Wilson's done. I, I think you and I were both huge proponents of saying that even though uh, Gallup was gone, that C Cedric Wilson was going to be able to do the job just fine because we've seen this over and over again with him. Uh, but there, there's still a difference between uh, Cedric Wilson filling in and doing a, a very, very admirable job and, and still what what you expect out of Michael Gallup. Now, we're a, we're a long ways away from this, but a lot of people are wondering, should the Cowboys just re-sign Cedric Wilson now with the expectation that they're going to lose Michael Gallup this offseason? And my thought is no. I, I mean, Wilson's been really good, 
and you might be able to get him for four or five million, but probably not. At least that's my opinion because I think <laughs> I think you can get Noah Brown cheaper, not as good as Cedric Wilson, but Noah Brown could do a lot of different things. And with kind of the way Gallup's played over the last two years with injuries and stuff, I, I just wonder, Layden, like there might be a suppressed market for Michael Gallup in which you can bring him back for one year. I, I just I have a feeling that might be the case. What do you think? That's already going to be the case. I think. Yeah. I mean, him missing these six games was not great for his market, and, you know. And and the wide receiver market in general has been weird these last few weird. years. Weird. So uh, and and um, to kind of go back to another point that you're making too. I would say that the gap between Noah Brown and Cedric Wilson is smaller than the gap between Cedric easily, Wilson and easily. Michael Gallup. So uh, just keep that in mind. Yeah, I mean, what's going to happen with Michael Gallup, unfortunately, and it's really not fair to him at all, is teams are going to look at his stats. In 2020, he played 16 games, and he had 800 yards. This year, he's played one game, obviously 36 yards in that game. We'll see if, he, if he's even back you know, after the bye or if the Cowboys are taking it really slowly, but – for a player who's not produced in a big way over the last couple of years, I just don't think he's going to get the market that like a Kenny Galladay got. And he doesn't have the raw speed that like a Curtis Samuel got. So I just don't see him getting $12, 13000000 million a year like many people anticipated. Just yeah, I thought. mean, I think they'll, they'll look at the Kenny Galladay contract and go, and then he'll, and then, you know, honestly, I think all of our concerns about, Gallup leaving on a big contract were hinging on the fact that he has been a you know breakout star waiting to happen and that this was the year that, yes. that those numbers would show up. And you know, unfortunately, because of the injury, that hasn't happened yet. Maybe that happens in the last half last half of the season enough to drive up a market, but it still isn't probably going to be the market that we anticipated with yes. a full season of Michael Gallup in this offense. All right, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Beachbound. Uh, beachbound.com vacations. You could be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, or bound for rejuvenation. Or you may be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I like to be up to like the poolside bar, just hanging out. I I like to actually bring like some football magazines. Like I love the, the NFL preview magazines, just curl up with a drink, uh, watch it, read those. With beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you. No matter what you are looking for, what are you bound for, visit beachbound.com today. Also, I want to tell you guys about our old friends at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for over 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Lana, let's get to a few more questions. And a lot of people want to know about the Cowboys at the trade deadline because they believe the Cowboys are a Super Bowl contender what position positions should the Cowboys potentially be looking to target here over the next couple of weeks? I mean, I don't know that it's any different than what we've talked about before, right? It's mm -hmm. defensive tackle. I would think, um, you know, I, I wonder if, Edge? you know, the maybe, yeah, maybe, um, 
it may be, you know, cornerback maybe, but I, 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 you know, I think they like what Anthony Brown has done so far. I think they're you know, obviously interested to see what Kelvin Joseph does on the other side of, of the bye. It's got to be, um, if you're getting a corner, it's got to be somebody significantly better than yeah. that. Cause they don't need depth, right? Like that's the one no, thing they don't have. No. They, I mean, they've they need got a, a lot of depth. They need a clear number two or a clear one, you know, if that, that kind of guy was available over Trayvon Diggs. But I mean, I don't think that that is. So uh, yeah, I would say, you know, and I think you you've laid it out pretty well on Twitter as well. I mean, pay attention. There's a whole host of, of teams that are basically already out of the right and, and, and are going to be looking towards accumulating picks for next year. And this is the time to do it as the trade deadline starts to loom on us. Um, so I think that, yeah, I mean, you, you, the, the, the key is to look at the positions where the Cowboys uh, maybe are not the strongest and then to look at the teams that are either out of the running or are building towards trying to uh, acquire draft capital for next year to try to make a run for 2022. Uh, so look at the team's depth charts there. You know, again, the key elements are expiring contract, usually mm-hmm. guys that are on the last year of their rookie deal or uh, on a uh, uh, overpriced contract that they're trying to move some of the numbers off of their books. Um, You you can get like some sort of offset situation in a Mm -hmm. trade. You know, those are the kind of situations you're looking for. So big name players that are on bad contracts that maybe need to be moved off the books. uh, The Cowboys can, you know, get some offset uh, help there or uh, big time young players who are uh, coming out of their rookie deals that aren't likely to be signed by their current team, uh, you know, for, on teams that are out of the race, let's just say, or, 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 or at least looking more towards building the team for next year. Yeah, it's interesting because there are a couple guys out there that are <laughs> – we and listen, it's the same guys that we've been mentioning for I know. forever now, <laughs> like Quinn and Williams for the Jets. The Jets obviously aren't going to make the playoffs. They have a ton of needs – would you be willing to give up your first round pick for Quinn and Williams? Because if everything goes right, you're going to be drafting in the late twenties or early thirties. You're probably not going to get somebody that talented next year. Is Quinn and Williams worth your first round pick, even with what, like one and a half years left on his contract? Is that something you're interested in? I mean, again, that's, that's the question, right? I mean, I think you like what you've got in Odigizua. you like what you've got in Gallimore. And, and I think that the problem with Williams is that, I mean, at least for us in Williams, right, is that since this started, you've started to feel better and better about Odigizua. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think – you don't really know what you've got in Gallimore quite yet, right? Um, and, you know, and then you've, you've just got a lot of numbers of, of young, unproven, just kind of unshown talent. So I think that the, the – uh, I don't know that a trade is as palatable for the Cowboys right now, right? For, for, at that defensive tackle position, because this guy plays the same position as two other guys that you have that you like that are young guys that you've got on cheap contracts. So why, you know, add all that extra money to that position necessarily? I I, I think it's it's an interesting proposition, and, and I'm not a no at all, but I was a certain yes previously, and I think that. Because of what you've seen in Odigizua, because you like Gallimore, maybe you hesitate a little bit more uh, about trading for and then having to sign a big-time player at the position when you feel like you've got two guys who are really up and coming that may be able to kind of give you similar production uh, for, for way less cost. 
The Quinnen one is so interesting to me because he's only 23 years old. And yeah. Like, there's just not a lot of guys out there that can do what he can do. And I think if you're looking at this long term, you're like, okay, we've got Osa on a rookie contract. We've got Neville Gallimore on a rookie contract. If we can add one more guy to just give us like three guys up front that we just feel great about and we can kind of mix and match because – you know, Williams can play the one and the three, and he can play a five technique if you if you need him to. That part of it is is really really intriguing because again, we're going to get to the draft, you know, next April, and there's just not going to be a defensive tackle prospect anywhere close to being as good as he is late in the first round, and it's might it's going to be one of their biggest needs. I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that one. That's all it's I'm close. Saying. It's 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 not like a, a, a cut and dry situation because I look, I, I just gave you one side of the argument. I completely agree with your with the other side, too. Like, I, I, I'm certainly not going to be upset if they do this trade. Right. It's just a matter of I could easily see how it became a little bit less of a necessary feeling trade uh, because of the way that you've seen Osa play. So. Uh, but no, look, I mean, you're right. Let's look at the other side of it. Let's say they do give up all that. Uh, they they trade him. They probably are going to have to sign him to a deal as well. Uh, what do you get on the other side? Suddenly, you what you have now is a dominant defensive line. You've got a defensive line that's got a, a rotation of good players on the interior. When Demarcus Lawrence comes back, you suddenly have a defensive end group that has a rotation of good players on the outside. Uh, and, and you take what was a bad to being good, being okay defense to a being okay to being good defense. Yeah. Uh, and then suddenly, yes, that puts you really right da- da- smack in the middle of, of the Super Bowl contenders, I think. Well, so. and the thing is, if you're looking ahead a little bit to like, let's say you play Tampa Bay again in the playoffs, like the best way to disrupt Tom Brady is pressure right in the middle. Mm -hmm. If you can have multiple guys that can do that, that would help. Same with Aaron Rodgers. same with Matt Stafford, right? Like if you can win in the interior against those teams and without having to blitz as much as you are, it would certainly help the defense. First round pick might be a little rich considering he's been banged up. It maybe hasn't quite played to like a pro bowl level yet. But man, he's talented. It's it's something that we'll have to think about uh, over the next couple of weeks. Um, Absolutely. Any any other thoughts that we want to get off our chest before we we head out, Landon? No, I mean I I think I'm feeling really good about this team where we are right now. I mean, you know, we we need to kind of provide the context that this period of time before the bye week was supposed to be the time that we were surviving, right? We were supposed to be surviving this stretch surviving. to get to the bye. You know, with with the injuries that we had and with the schedule the way it was. Uh, and not only did we survive, we, we thrived. So uh, we've come to a spot where we're at the reset, you know, place in, in, in the bye week you've got some players coming back that are going to improve your team overall. Um, and I think that you're hoping that the health will get kind of continue to get better a little bit. Obviously that's not going to be forever. Health is going to go up and down, but trying to get some of these guys back, uh, getting closer back to a fully healthy team when you kind of are ready to start get, getting back on the path. All these things are really excited for a t- exciting for a team that is uh, currently sitting at five and one. It's a great time to be a Cowboy fan, right? You're sitting at five and one. Only the Cardinals have a better record in the NFL right now. You're fairly healthy compared to a lot of teams. I know we didn't even talk about Dak, but it seems like he's going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, 
good time to be a Cowboys fan. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Uh, you can follow the show on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we'll see you next time.